You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please feel free to contact us by visiting our website, harvestoakville.ca. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to, welcome to our service here at Harvest Oakville. Uh, for those who weren't able to get a seat or an overflow, there should be a little bit of room at the 7 o'clock service, not a chance in the 5, all right? Anyways, welcome here. Again, Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you. May he, in all seriousness and sincerity, may he richly bless you during this service. You are not here by accident. God is sovereign, and whether or not you gladly came or whether or not you came because someone invited you or whatever else reason you were brought here, I believe you are here for a great purpose and appointment again from the living God himself. The passage that we just heard read is one of the greatest news bulletins in the history of the world. In fact, I'm not sure what could be a greater headline than the Savior of the world has been born. If you understand the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to hear that the Savior of the world has been born is understanding that the solution to sin is now here. And if you know yourself at all and you know the pain and the heartache and the misery that sin causes us to understand then, to see that the one who was sent in love and grace as we see him with eyes of faith to know that he has come to die for our sins that we may not have to, and that becomes again the greatest source of news and the greatest headline you and I could ever hear. I mean, talk about stopping the presses. You have to know that history itself is his story. The story of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of history, proven that it's the year 2014 marked by the birth of Jesus Christ. History, again, is his story. And that's why this headline and this Christmas and this Christmas now, 2,000 years later, is so critical and the greatest news that we could still tell again today. So the stories of our world, the stories we read every day in the papers, on the internet, the stories of violence, the stories of corruption, the stories of disease, the stories of death, they're going to have to wait just for another day or at least for a few moments because right now, here's a story of healing. Here's a story of grace. Here's a story of redemption. Here's a story of perfection. Here's a story of eternal life found only in the one and only Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Stop the presses indeed. This is why the angel then says, Behold, I bring you good news. Good news, listen, of great joy that will be for all people, available to all people. So not a story of discouragement for a few, a story of hope, a story of grace, a story of love, available to all here right now who have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that desires to know their true purpose within this life. I love that you're here today. I love that you're here I love that 2,000 years ago, this story changed lives dramatically, as we will see. And I love that right now, again, 2,000 years later, this story continues to change lives across this world. People in our day, they say the church is dead. The church is dead. Listen, the church is dead for those who preach not the gospel, who preach not the good news. But for those who hold up and believe and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that church has never been more alive, proven as millions upon millions come to saving faith in Jesus Christ across this world every year in Asia and Africa and South America. And even some come to faith in Canada and the Western world 
soul filled with self and consumerism and self and self. But the good news changes lives because as Romans 1 says, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And just listen to that. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. Here's the condition. For everyone, the text says, who believes. Who believes. But the power of God is what we hold up right now. The gospel, the power of God. Did you hear that? The good news announced the first Christmas day being the power of God. The power to do what? The power of his peace that overcomes our fear. Praise the Lord. The power of his love that overcomes our hate. Please God. The power of his hope that overcomes our despair. Some of us, even now, are filled with despair and hopelessness. You need the good news, the great joy. It has come to overcome these things in your life. The power of his life that overcomes, listen, death. The good news, the great joy, the power of his forgiveness that overcomes our sins. And many of you sit beside someone right now you are honest, you know you love, you care about, and you sit beside a person right now who's been undeniably transformed by the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You sit beside a person you know has been changed. They're not perfect people, but they are transformed people. They got issues we know, but you know something's happened to them, and you've watched their life, and you've said, what's up with that? Why has there been change? I don't really get it. Where's this coming from? What's the deal now? How come they were this way before, now they're this way today? The answer is found in the grace and the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. It's coming from the good news of great joy. Now listen, you're here right now. Do not let false believers get in the way of true believers. Do not let hypocrisy in the minority get in the way of sincerity in the majority. Do not let religion get in the way of relationship, true relationship with the living God because that's what the good news is today. It's the good news that there's an ability to have a relationship with the God of the universe. Christian faith is not a bunch of rules. It's not flowing from legalism. It's not if I can just do this and this, if I can go to church a couple of times a year or say prayers, well, I'm better than that person over there. That's not what this is. Christianity is not religion. It's relationship. It's not rules. It's life in Jesus Christ. Christianity, listen, is not bad people becoming good people. Listen so carefully. Christianity is dead people becoming alive. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Let me say it again because some of you have been watching TV for a long time and you think this religion thing is all about a bunch of procedures and following and just adding up to a certain standard. It is not about good people, bad people becoming good people. It is dead people becoming alive by the grace and the love and the glory that is found in Jesus Christ alone. And this good news is for all, not just the elite, not just a certain sector of society. It's good news, listen, for the poor in spirit, the Bible tells us in Matthew 5. What does that mean? Good news for those who are humble, those who are broken, those who are destitute. Listen, those who know they need a Savior. And this is why I love the Christmas story. The greatest news in the history of the world was first publicly announced to shepherds of all people. And in Luke 2, in verse 8, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. You say, what's the big deal with shepherds? Nothing. And that's the big deal with shepherds. The good news was first publicly announced to the people you would least expect the people who were thought, really an afterthought, who were nobodies, who were not high, who were not mighty, often lowly, often despised, these shepherds were. 
Shepherds had occupations that the high and, and mighty Pharisees considered them to be ceremonial, unclean. They considered them again to be outcasts. They were often thought of as, as thieves. And some scholars suggest the only people thought of lower than shepherds were lepers. So I love Luke 2 verse 8. In the same region, shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, doing the night shift, just going through their jobs, a task that really no one wanted to do. And there they were, just trying to faithfully serve at the task at hand and being good shepherds. Listen, ordinary people on an ordinary job on an ordinary night. And then, bam, the glory of God shines around them and comes upon them in the form of a brilliant, awesome, white, and pure light. Again, the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord simply defined as the presence of God revealed in light. And try to live in the text when you're reading the Bible. Try to picture this scene. And there were the shepherds again, kind of doing their stuff, minding their own business. And the glory shows up. And the light and the wonder and the majesty and the awe and the fear of what is going on right now. And there they were. And the presence of the Almighty God confronts them, them, lowly, ordinary shepherds. But this is what happens when the good news comes to the heart that receives it. It listens, it sees, it wants the glory of the Lord to see shining upon their own life. And maybe you're like me. You find yourself here right now, just an ordinary person with an ordinary job on an ordinary night. And yet when the good news is heard, and the good news is received. you got to know this. The glory of the Lord shines in your heart. You no wonder that with the gospel of God comes the light of God. Jesus Christ said, I'm the light of the world. When Jesus Christ comes, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. It says about Jesus Christ in John 1, he was the light. And that light was the life of men. He has come as light. And when the light of Christ shines upon this earth, darkness flees. Darkness runs. Darkness cannot stand the presence and the glory of light. So where there's truth, there's light. Where there's light, there's truth. And right now we're seeing within the Christmas story itself, there's truth and light. The truth is proclaimed by the angels. The light that is shining. The presence of the Lord drawing in people who desire to live for that, which actually matters, desiring to draw in people who want life and light for themselves. I remember the first time I believed. I remember it so well. Maybe you resonate with this. I remember the pain that I was under. I remember the misery that I, I remember the frustration I had with myself and my sin. I was so sick of self because self made all these promises, but it never delivered on any of them. What's wrong with self? Well, self stinks. That's what's wrong with self. But then, oh, to hear, listen, listen to hear the gospel. I heard the gospel many, 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 many times, but when you really hear the gospel and you believe and receive the gospel, this is the power. This is what happens. The glory of the Lord shines in your heart. Again, this is when it goes from, I just want to be a better person. This is when it goes from, I need to be a resurrected person by the living Jesus Christ who comes and lives within me. That's the person who truly understands the power of the gospel that is pronounced at Christmas. To see the grace, the gift of grace that covers my sin and the opportunity for us today, for you today, to believe, to receive. But the thing with the good news of great joy is you have to know why you need to be saved. You have to understand 
I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. That's why I love the the shepherds in the Christmas story. Poor, lowly, needy. Listen, listen. Ripe for the gospel. Who does God work through? He works through those who know they need him. From time to time, I hear someone say the phrase, Christianity is a crutch. And I first heard that, I got a little defensive when I thought about it. I'm like, a crutch? Well, really, it's more like a wheelchair. Actually, no, it's more like the ICU. I mean, really, Christianity, when you take its theology and what it actually says, we are people who are corpses. And Christianity comes in with the good news of Jesus Christ when it's received with sincerity and faith and truth. It makes us alive. So yes, Christianity is absolutely a crutch and way worse than that. That's the whole point of sinners in need of a savior. But this is why, though, the greatest deterrent for God to work in a person is pride. Because pride says, I'm not a sinner. I don't need God. I'm good on my own. And the Bible tells us that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's why every person to see, starting at Christmas, the shepherds could see, the magic could see, Mary could see, Joseph could see. The angels were singing about this. Every person with eyes truly to see, that means they have humility in their hearts. They are in a place, they are aware enough to say, I need something beyond myself. This just isn't going to cut it at the end of the day. I keep hurting people, I keep messing up, I keep not being able to find myself in the place I need to be. And maybe you're here today, and some are here today. God has prepared you to hear this message, this Christmas message. And if you're honest, you're here right now, and you're not satisfied with yourself. You're not okay with your sin. You're not at peace with how you are hurting other people. You're not content in your life. Your heart does ache, and the reason your heart aches is because you ache for what is true, and you ache for what is life. Augustine said, Oh God, you have made us for yourself. You have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. That is the power. That is the power of Christmas. And I love the story of Christmas and the shepherds. I appreciate very much that the announcement came. The command also was given by the angel, fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Interesting, in the Christmas story in the Gospels, three other times an angel says, do not be afraid or fear not. Zechariah, Joseph, and Mary, all three times, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And here with the shepherds, fear not, for behold. We get insight here into the most common and strongest of human emotions. It is fear. But notice the angel said, Fear not. If this was a healthy fear, the angel wouldn't have said that. He said, fear not. Why is this so important? Because our instinct is fear. Our reflex is anxiety and worry. Just stop long enough to consider, in your life and mine, how much our lives are driven by fear. Fear of the past. Fear of the present. Fear of the future. Fear of our finances. There's a lot of fear for that in the room right now. Fear of our health, a lot of fear for that too. Fear of our family, fear of disease, fear of violence, fear of crime, fear for safety, fear of relationships, fear for job security, fear of war, fear of retirement, fear of the unknown, fear of the known, fear of death. Number one fear of humans is the fear of death. Why? 
because there's good news of great joy that we need to hear. Consider the stress, the emotion, the heartache, the anxiety and the pain associated with fear. And many of us even are here tonight and we're plagued with fear. But that is why. That is why the angel's next statement is so fantastic. The angel says, fear not for behold. For behold, listen, pay attention. You're here to hear this. Fear not for behold. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. The phrase For behold, brings strong emphasis. Again, live in the text. The angel is there. The announcement is made. Fear not. Behold. Behold, I bring you good news. You who are here right now, strapped with fear. Behold the good news. You that are here right now, riddled with anxiety. Behold the good news. And what is the antidote to fear? Faith is the antidote to fear. Faith in what? Faith in the message of Christmas, the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. And here it is. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid also in John 14. And his answer was, believe in God. And he also said, believe also in me. You see that? The antidote for fear is faith. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus Christ says. And one of the best parts of this news is that it's for all people. It's for all people. This good news is not bound by class or race or gender. It finds its home in the willing heart, a willing heart of faith. And oh, what the shepherds must have been thinking as this announcement was being made. And they have to wonder, they're hearing about this good news, but what is the exact content of this good news? That's in verse 11. Here's the content of the good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So a child has been born, but not any, just any normal child. I love the phrase, the angel says, unto you, shepherds, unto you. And we can say to you tonight, you are here. And God's word speaks to you, and the Holy Spirit of God speaks to you. It speaks to me, unto you. Unto you for the person who can see, the person who believes, the person who receives the gift of grace. By faith unto you has been born in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice the three things the angel says about the Christ child, about Jesus Christ. Three things. Number one, a Savior. A Savior has been born. Why is he a Savior? He saves us from our sin. He saves us from death. A Savior. He's a Savior because he saves us from a, a life without hope, a hopeless life. He is Savior because he saves us from wandering aimlessly into destruction. He is our Savior because he saves us from a life of fear and of emptiness. I mean, just, 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 just look around our world. You've got to stop long enough just to look around our world. Read the paper. Look on TV. Find the hurt. Notice the darkness. See the evil. I mean, our world needs a Savior. Humanity needs a Savior. On our own, we're not doing so great. There's so much pain and so much hurt and so much disease and so much violence and so much war and so much sin. It's everywhere. So many marriages falling apart and kids being hurt and awful things going on. It's everywhere. Just look around. It's proof that we need a Savior. And so this child being born, he's the answer, the light of the world, the only path to God. The sacrifice for our sins. He makes payment for by dying. He's our pardon from our sentence of death. Why did Christ come? 
Because at the end of time, when our days are done, we'll stand in a courtroom scene with God being the mighty judge on the throne. He's the one giving out the verdicts. And God is holy. If he's true to his character, he cannot tolerate sin. The Bible says not one sin gets into heaven. Not one. Not one. Not one unclean thing, Revelation 21, will find its way into heaven. So, so many people go through this life, though, and they're like, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I've done some good things. I've said some prayers. I'm better again, that person there and that person there. And we're comparing ourselves with people beside us. But really, the Bible says you have to measure yourself with the one above us, Jesus Christ. God rightly demands perfection. So the problem is so many people, and the Bible tells us, that, will stand before God and they, on, the, on the judgment day, and God will say, why should I do in heaven? I'm like, well, I did this and this and this. But he says, but you have sin. One sin, and you're not in. One. And we have millions. Daily. So we stand before God, and he's like, why should I let you in heaven? But there's sin. And rightly, because he's just, if he's not just, he couldn't do this. If he wasn't true to his character, then he, he wouldn't be faithful to it. But because he is, perfection only exists in heaven. He slams on the gavel and says, guilty, sentenced to death. But see, here's the good news of great joy. Jesus Christ is sent into the world to be born, to become a man, to live a perfect life with no sin, to die a horrible death, but to die for our sins and be raised from the dead. And the person who believes in the good news of Jesus Christ, that his blood covers your sins, you stand in judgment day, and the Lord is there. And he says, why should I let you into heaven? And you start going through all the things, but you know there's sin. But then Jesus steps into the courtroom. He stands beside you, and he says, Father, Robbie deserves to go to death because he has sinned, but I want to take, take his punishment in his place. And you're sitting there, and you're looking at Jesus, and you're like, for real? For real? But you've done nothing wrong. Like, you're perfect. I'm the one who sinned. Jesus says there and says, because I love you so much and because you chose to believe in me and we just receive the gift. You don't earn this, loved ones. You do not earn this gift. This is not good stuff, good rules, good people, legalism. This is receiving the gift of grace. Grace is something you cannot earn. That's the amazing news of this. That's the joy in this. It's a gift. It's a gift. You receive by faith and you receive the gift of life and Jesus then goes and dies in your place and the Father looks at me and God says, Robbie, you are free to go because of the righteousness of my son. And he looks at his son and says, Jesus, my son, you must go die for Robbie's sins on the cross. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Every single person will face that when they die and be on one side or the other, with Christ or not with Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Savior. The angel says he is the Christ. He is the Christ. The Christ means the anointed one. He's the Messiah. He's the one the prophets spoke of. Again, the centerpiece of history follows on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came and he came to preach the gospel. He came to set free the oppressed. He came to give sight to the blind, to allow the lame to walk. He came to bring freedom to those in prison. He has come to declare and give life. It's like Christmas is so glorious because the Christ child is here. The one who can save is here. The one who will defeat death is here. Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, is here. No wonder the angels sang. No wonder the shepherds ran. No wonder the magi offered their gifts. No wonder Mary sat in awe. No wonder the glory shone. Because the Savior of the world, the one who was spoken of, the Christ, the Messiah, he is here. Savior Christ and the angel says, Christ the Lord. And why is the term Lord so important? Lord means master and ruler. So this baby came in such a humble, unbelievably humiliating way. 
born in a feeding trough, becoming one of us, the eternal son of God, subjecting himself to this. And at the same time, he's the ruler of the universe. At the end of the days, no one's pushing Jesus around. He came once as a humble king. He's coming against as a conquering king. And no one's going to push him around. He will judge the living and the dead and the appearing of his kingdom. He's awesome. He is holy. He is righteous. He is so powerful. He's omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient. He is Lord. See, Romans 10, 9 then says, see, see, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Lord, not some teddy bear that we want to give us what we want, but Lord of the universe. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confess his Lord. Believe that he's been raised from the dead and you shall be saved. And so no wonder then, as soon as this announcement was made, a host of angels, it says a multitude, which in the Greek could mean as many as 10,000 angels show up. Again, live in the text, and you're one of these shepherds. I mean, no wonder we sing about this shepherd's quaking, right? Knees knocking, man, because 10,000 angels show up, and you're just like, I mean, what do you do? I'm passing out in fear of some kind, you know, or just sitting there in awe and wonder, and just the 10,000, and they all proclaim glory to God in the wild. What's the big deal? Why the commotion? Because the Christ child, the Lord is here. The Savior of the world has come. That's why the commotion sent from God. And notice the angels beaming with incredible joy coming from where? The presence of God. God's not some taskmaster with his finger. He's a loving father with arms extended offering life and love and eternal Life with him for those who will just receive the gift of his son who died. It's incredible why so many people turn away from the one thing that can save them, the gift of love, the story of Christmas. But the angels say, the multitude, thousands of angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace among those. Peace is not um, peace of mind. I want to take it easy for a while. Peace is peace with God. To not receive the good news means that you're an enemy of God. But the peace that Christ came was a salvation peace, that we become friends of God. Man, God, chasm of sin, cross, Jesus, our bridge from where we are to the presence of God. Jesus Christ came as the peace of God. Just this past week, I visited one of our elderly saints in our church, sweet, sweet lady, loved by so many, was diagnosed with cancer not too long ago, was quickly going downhill. I heard a story from her daughter that she was in the approaching, she knew her time was drawing very near. And she had a vivid dream, a vivid dream of loved ones that she knew very well here on earth who had already gone into heaven because they have believed in Jesus Christ. And the dream was so vivid was these people that were saying, we're waiting for you. We know you're coming soon. We can't wait to show you around. And this is a lady here that she's not making this stuff up. I mean, she's so sweet. And there she is. And just, and just within, it, I went to see her just yesterday. And I go in there, and she's in a kind of unresponsive place. Her eyes are closed. She's one of the heavy, heavy, I've seen this enough, the heavy, heavy breathing to know that the time is short. And I go in there, and I just, I read, I read, read Psalm 23 to her. Even though I walk through the valley shadow of death, I will fear no evil, the text says, for you are with me. And at that moment, she's unresponsive the whole day. Her son, who was there the rest of the day, at that moment, she raised up her arm, 
and to grab onto mine. And I don't know what's going on in that moment, but I grabbed her hand and we prayed and we read scripture. And I have to believe that something was happening in there. I'm telling you, that was about three o'clock. And as I left, and I looked at the peace upon this woman who couldn't even open her eyes, but to see she's being led to this point, facing death in this moment, the peace that was upon her soul, at three o'clock, I honestly left the hospital and I said to myself, I'm kind of jealous. She's so close to glory. That was three o'clock. At four o'clock, she went home to be with the Lord. Yesterday, at total peace. Why? Because she received the good news of great joy. Let me ask you a question. Do you have peace? Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? The reality is, many of us are not. And we're terrified of death. You do not have to be. For the man or woman who's received the gift of grace and love and has set their heart on Jesus Christ, death is the beginning of life. Death is the entranceway to eternal life with perfection with Jesus Christ in glory. That's why death has no sting. And the Bible says, death, where's your victory? There is none. Because with Jesus Christ, death is defeated. Are you at peace with God? This is the point of Christmas. I want you to hear this. This is why you're here today. This is not by chance. This is not by accident. Appointed time for you right now, whether here at Overflow, wherever it is. This is your time. The Christmas story is a story of good news with great joy, offering eternal life. And you imagine them being one of those shepherds. They're standing there in complete awe and they hear Christ and Savior and Lord. You know what they did? They look at each other and they're like, let's go. And they ran. They ran to see the Christ child. They ran to see their Savior. So no wonder then, stop the presses, stop the presses. The greatest news ever told is here. And some of you are here tonight, right here, right now, to respond. To some of you, God calls you by name. He whispers your name to you. It's time to turn your fear in for faith. It's time to turn in your despair for joy. It's time to turn in your sin for forgiveness. It's time to turn in your death for eternal life. This is the good news of great joy. And this is Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this good news, best news ever, I pray it would result in incredible joy. Incredible joy. Oh God, right now for the individuals who have been sitting here and just been kind of blindsided, not expecting anything like this, and yet they're caught in a good way, and their minds are, are, are running in, in, in amazing directions. Their heart is racing. They're just, just considering, oh God, I pray you'd open their eyes. Oh God, I pray they'd see the love. They'd see the grace. They'd see the purpose for those who have been wandering through life and just why am I here and I just can't stand this and I've hurt another person and I'm, I'm such a terrible husband or I just I, I can't parent the way I'm supposed to my my children this and that and just the hurt here and the, all the dysfunction and all the pain and all the heartache caused by all these just enough I pray Lord they just break down and say enough I'm a sinner I need a savior I need a savior I need a savior and they, Lord, like the shepherds in that holy night, they would be there. And the good news that said to the shepherds is said to them right now. And there's no difference. 
as far as the result. It doesn't matter if it was then or now. The opportunity is still the same. Life eternal. Savior. Christ. Lord. The good news of great joy. In Jesus' name, amen.